0: a long story short um i ended up on an online dating site believe it or not i mean people were thinking what was she thinking i wasn't thinking i was just thinking i've got nothing left to lose so what i did was actually used it as a space to connect with men from all over the country from the safety of behind my computer screen and most of them were interested in my wheelchair my wheels naturally so that's how the com- uh, communication started, and then you get to they get to know me as a human being before actually seeing my physical circumstances. Although I have to say I was 100 percent honest. I said from the get go that I'm paralyzed from the neck down. Put photographs in my wheelchair. Yeah, and then I ended up meeting an amazing man, um, and I since got married. Wow! Congratulations.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the MapRound Show. This is episode 215. Today, we're going to talk to uh, Tracy Todd, who's got an incredibly inspiring story. Some 20 years ago, she was involved in a car accident and uh, was paralyzed from the neck down to this day, obviously. And um, this is a story really about how she's navigated this incredibly difficult and arduous suffering for the last 20 years. Um, and how she's uncovered the capacity to transform herself to find meaning in her life and pay careful attention to the story she shares where she uh, found a husband actually uh, through online dating despite uh, everything that uh, she was has been enduring we also discuss a lot about the human spirit and the power of the spirit and the body to adapt and the mind to adapt to uh, environmental conditions etc so Stay tuned, this is a fantastic show. And so, without further ado, enter Tracy Todd. And we're we'll live. Hey guys, welcome back to what is sure to be another cracking installment of uh, the MapRound show. Today, I'm joined uh, on the line, on the line of Zoom, from uh, the bright lights of Nelspruit in uh, the sunny South Africa. By none other than uh, Tracy Todd, the author of Brave Lotus Flower Rides the Dragon. Tracy, thanks so much for uh, for joining us today.
0: It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: And the line quality is incredible. So, you guys are in for a real treat.
0: <laughs> we are lucky. Because <laughs> I live in the sticks. Yeah, we exactly. don't have fiber here yet.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised you got electricity with all the load shedding that's going on here. Yeah,
0: we're really lucky today on that one too.
1: Well, look, if the lights turn off, you know, we'll have to just do this again. Okay. Yeah okay right so getting into the meats and the potatoes of the show so Tracy um, you've got uh, what I understand to be an incredibly inspiring story Um, and uh, you know we're all about inspiring people on the show and uh, I'd like you to walk us back to, um, to when this story begins. Um, give us some context, you were obviously a, a, an athlete, a very successful athlete you, had, you were very young at the time, you were in your 20s You had everything going for you and uh, one day it was all taken away
0: So basically yeah, the story starts on the 13th of April, 1998 I was 28, had been married for 4 years Had a 10 month old baby, working as a teacher in Nilsport, primary school teacher And we were on our way back from the Eastern Cape. Um, We went on holiday to Kenton-on-Sea, our first holiday together as a family. And on the way back, we were involved in a car accident, and I was paralyzed from my neck down.
1: Okay, and uh, whose fault was that? Was that uh, somebody else's fault, or...? What actually transpired? Was it um, oh, somebody you know, jumping the lights? Or?
0: I think that's why they use the word accident. Uh-huh. It, no one's fault. was felt. an accident. Um, yeah, there was a car that was driving in in front of us that was sort of homemade. It had a bit of, um, a bit of this and a bit of that welded together. And some of the welding came apart. Mm-hmm. And it was on an Easter Monday. And you know what our roads are like mm-hmm. over the Easter weekend. Crazy, yeah.
1: Um,
0: there was a lot of oncoming traffic. We were on a quiet one of the back routes, but it wasn't so quiet that day. So obviously um, we couldn't overtake on the right-hand side and my husband at the time was um, driving. He um, tried to overtake on the left, but unfortunately I lost control of the car and the car rolled. Um, I had just moments before that taken off my seatbelt, climbed over into the back seat of the car to change my baby's nappy. Wow. And um, miraculously he wasn't injured and neither was my husband and we also had our staffie in the car with us he was fine i didn't have a mark on me i just basically hit my head on the roof of the car and um, broke my neck between the fourth and the fifth cervical vertebra my spinal cord cord was injured
1: okay and um and what happened after that walk us through the the events from that point
0: Well, I never lost any consciousness at at the scene of the accident. Um, I don't remember feeling any pain, but they say that, um, you know, your subconscious protects you from that. I just remember seeing my hand fall from above my head and land in my lap, and I knew immediately that I'd been paralyzed. I don't know how I knew. Mm. I just knew it and immediately started um, struggling to breathe because – yeah, because of the nature of the injury, all my muscles below my my, my chest were paralysed, including all the intercostal muscles that help you breathe. So basically, I just breathe with my diaphragm. It's the muscle that the um, opera artists, you know, mm. exercise well, but for the rest of us, we don't exercise it like we should. So I ended up going to a government hospital in Standerton. Young doctor doing his community service took a look at me and he just said, You know, we don't have the facilities to um, cater for this kind of um, injury. And I was airlifted to Victoria, to the Eugene Mary Hospital there. And there they did an emergency operation where they fused my fourth and fifth cervical vertebrae with bone that they extracted from my hip. And I woke up in ICU attached to a ventilator. And um, that's always been um, a terrible fear of mine. I never wanted to be kept alive artificially on a machine. Mm. But because I was young and fit at the time, relatively healthy, um, um, they managed to wean me off the ventilator. Then they moved me down into the spinal unit for rehabilitation and then that was the yeah, the start of a long, hard road to recovery and rebuilding a new life new life in a immobile body.
1: Mm. Um, so I
0: can turn my head from side to side yeah, I can lift my shoulders, but I need to rely on gravity to bring them down. really And that's some total of my yeah. of my physical movement
1: um, so let's see so that was 20 years ago now going on 22 years well, hey? 22 years Okay.
0: coming up to 22 years ago
1: and um, I,
0: was, um, I was 28. So, yeah while you're doing the maths, you don't have to i'm fifty
1: <laughs> just turned fifty in October. I, I just turned forty, so don't feel don't feel too bad you know we too all age. we all hit those numbers, you know what I mean,
0: yeah we do <laughs> um
1: okay, and then your son at the time he was he was ten months was that right?
0: That's correct. he was ten months okay um yeah, that was really tough i think um having said that, I think my instinctive um, maternal instinct is what actually pulled me through those very early dark days and, and months and and years, I would say. You know, he just didn't, he just needed a mom. He needed me to carry on being his mom. Um, despite me not being able to physically do anything for him, he just knew that the instructions came from me. Mm. So he, he never never asked, like if he needed a packet of chips or a Coke can opened when he was little, he'd come and ask me. Hmm. And then I would have to issue the instructions to someone else to do it. Yeah. So it was, yeah, he just needed a mum, and I was just his mum. So that really, I think, was a motivating factor in the early days just to get out of bed and get try and get out of a depression. But obviously that was hard as well
1: yeah I'm sure depression comes in in uh, droves at that point um but uh, i want to talk to you about uh, about what where does your mind go when you when you realize the the what's the word i'm looking for the severity but then also the i would say finality of the situation at the time i mean um, I don't know what's going on in stem cell therapy stuff now, and maybe they can come up with a way to, to solve this. I don't know. You know, we, we live in hope, but, but yeah. where did walk us through, where does your mind go to and where do you find, you mentioned that obviously your maternal instinct was the thing that gave you the spark to get through those, the light and the darkness, so to speak. Um, but where does your mind go to and what did you learn about acceptance and surrender in that, in that context?
0: Your, um your mind goes to very deep dark places you know um if you think about it 1998 there was no social media there was no real internet hardly anyone had a, had a, a cell phone in those days um yeah so I remember sitting at home just staring out the window and staring into space um not being able to change a channel on a TV not being able to put on a radio, not even be able, being able to turn the page of a book. So, oh, you just actually just have no sense of self worth. You realise that society doesn't treat you the same, doesn't view you the same um, anymore. You constantly are fighting to prove your self worth. I'm constantly fighting to be normal, but then again, what is normal? There is actually no normal. I've learned in the years after. But um, yeah, uh, it's just trying to find that new normal in a sense. Mm. But going through, I would say it took me a good good four years to get through those really tough times. And I mean, I just look, I belong to many support groups on social media now. Um, there's one particular one, the spinal cord injury peer support group in the USA, but there are millions of spinal cord injured people on there from all over the world. And just listening to their stories, and every day somebody new comes on there and says, "You know, this just happened a week ago or a month ago. What's in store?" And I just think, "Oh, you've got a journey and a half ahead of you, but don't give up." So I think denial was a—it was a good thing because it kept me hoping for a cure. Um, it kept me fighting to keep my body healthy and in order in case a sudden cure. Popped up, remember um, Christopher Reeve, yep. Superman. He was still alive, so he mm. was a big motivator in Hollywood at the time. Lots of money was going into research. You know, I remember the day that he died. Um, it felt like my brother died. I felt, oh no, you've you've let me down. Who's going to fight for us now? You know, mm. and you know amazingly, his sons actually picked it up and still going on with with the cause. But I guess until somebody really famous lands up in the same situation, we're not going to get the support that we that we so desperately need. Mm. But there's lots of trials going on all over the world, lots of stem cell stuff. But until I know of a quadriplegic like me that it's actually worked on, and I see it with my own eyes, I'm not going to go and let them inject any old junk into my body. Yeah. I've learned to value my body again. At the end of the day it's the only thing that's keeping me going and it's the vehicle for and it's enabling me to to do what I'm doing. Mm. And to carry on living.
1: It's a it's an interesting point you landed there about self worth and how you prove your self worth and when things when you're when you don't have the the capacity and capabilities of well, I suppose the capacity but not the capabilities of um of of the average person. So when you're when you're the outlier and the anomaly, how do you demonstrate your value to the world again? And I think you know, I, if I just if I were to walk in your shoes even just for a moment, and with the greatest of respect, I don't know how on earth I'd ever, you know, be able to, to prove that again. I mean, I suppose the only thing I'd do is probably have a conversation like this because it's the only thing that I would be able to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes.
0: You could still carry on working and you could do a lot of good and a lot of good work, just like you are now. So that's the bonus in your, in your case. And I suppose um, me being a teacher, um, I could also carry on, not in the classroom. I mean, I was still in hospital when when the headmaster of the school drove down to Pretoria and said, um, oh, Tracy, we've got good news. You know, they've medically boarded you. And when he left, I thought, shit, I've just been fired. You know, nobody even asked me if I wanted to go back to teaching. They just assumed that I could no longer teach. And that was a tough thing to have to face and deal with. Um, I mean, obviously, I know that... Um, the day after I broke my neck they had another teacher in my class and that hurt me but obviously um, logic tells me those kids need a teacher they can't be running around a class without the teacher so logic tells you that but oh my word the ego that's another thing having to deal with that but yeah so I think my classroom with social media and with the internet has just grown exponentially and that's Mm. that's a wonderful gift yeah um and also being able to travel around the country doing talks um, you know I, I I help people on a daily basis. People are reaching out, trying to just make sense of of their own lives and their own problems and it 's not always spinal cord injury related yeah exactly you know, there's a lot of tough situations out there yeah exactly
1: and that 's why I asked my team to to get in touch with you. obviously, we have the same publisher. Um and uh, but you know, on a serious note, I love these stories because people, as you say, very correctly um is that a lot of people are going through their own shit, you know what I'm saying like it's like yeah. i've got my struggle, you 've got your struggle, and there's Maverick, and he's got lots of struggles, and so does q <laughs> um and uh and 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 everybody listening to us right now, if you 're listening to me and my voice right now, you are living a struggle for sure, I have no doubt whatsoever. Um, And stories like yours and, uh, you know, when things are taken away from you, when it's not in your control and you're the one that has to live with the consequences of that forever until, as you say, maybe, maybe not something, uh, a cure will come or a way to kind of, you know, give you your, your mobility back. If that if that day comes fantastic, but as far as you're concerned, you only have today and that doesn't exist. And so Absolutely. And, I and only have today. That's so it. Now you
0: need to make the most of it, yeah.
1: Yeah. But you see people and,
0: and I think as far as um yeah. what you were saying, um, everybody has their dragon to ride in life. Mm-hmm. Mine's very visible. You can see it, you can spot me a mile off. I don't need to walk onto a stage and have an opening line. My wheelchair is it. Yeah. You know, so people it's very in your face. And um, yeah, everybody has their own dragon to ride. And it was only once I shared my story so brutally, honestly, and openly, I really started to connect with people, and that's oh, been a wonderful blessing. Yeah, you connect with people on a really deep, deep level. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and there's a lot of meaning to be found in that, which is I would you know. I would say is 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 one of the gifts that has come from this experience of yours is the ability to connect to someone in a meaningful way because you don't talk bullshit and idle coffee talk because your life is not idle. It, well, it is. There's sorry to right. use the pun, but it's but it's about There's the time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: although having said that, a gift that I now have, believe it or not, is time because I can't get up in the morning and rush out to my car, drive off to work spend the day making somebody else money. I have the time. And, and at, the, at the beginning, I, I saw it as a curse um, because it drove me insane. Time with myself, time alone, time with thoughts, you know. But now I realize that it's actually an amazing blessing. It is. And you can invest that time in connecting with other people.
1: Exactly. It's never the end. Um, and, you know, but this is the thing I think, I think people check out, they say to themselves, I'm going through a certain struggle and it's too much for me. And then they give up, you know, or they succumb to depression or they succumb to the pressures of, of the, um, of the lack of meaning and fulfillment and joy in whatever that struggle is. And um and so what they try and do is they try and find happiness. And so what the fuck is that? Why it's, for me it's a zero sum game to chase happiness. Happiness will come as a as a result of choosing a struggle that lights you up. You know, and
0: happiness is already within you. Yeah, totally. You're not gonna find it from anyone or from anything. Mm. It's within you. You choose it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's um, yeah, that was a very sobering um lesson I had to learn early on. And um, because I, I soon realized that I could sit and be miserable, and um, I would just um, chase people away, and at the end of the day, I needed their company to get through the hours of the day, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you just put that smile on, you fake it if you have to. Initially, you find skills to cope. Um, music is my therapist. Um, I can't go without, and it's all genres um i love music um here i'm with the internet and with technology i'm back into reading it's ebooks and um audiobooks at night when i can't sleep podcasts i mean there's just endless choices and so stimulating i actually can't even sleep at night i'm so stimulated by the end Mm. of the day
1: yeah it's interesting (laughs) because um people i think well in life in general my view is your time and your freedom are the most valuable things you'll ever have it's not money and um, we waste so much of our time in pursuit of the things that don't matter. Um, and uh, we get yeah. caught up in the rat race and what society tells us that we need to do in order to find greatness or fulfillment or success. And, you know, these all these words all mean different things to different people. Um, but the, the, the meaning attached to these things and the process inherent within that is the game, you know. Um, And I can tell you so many people who are going to work every single day, as you said, you know, working a nine to five in a job that they hate or they are stuck as entrepreneurs in a business that they hate as well or they've fallen out of love with and they've lost the passion for it or they're stuck in a marriage that uh, that. That no longer fulfills them. Do you know what I mean? And 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 and. And, and mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but I, what I love about your story is that you have chosen, despite everything, to make it mean something again.
0: Your time. I think because the alternative sucked. It absolutely <laughs> sucks. So I'd rather do stuff and 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 love. Uh, you know what? Let's be brutally frank here. Please. If I wanted to, I could not even commit suicide on my own without help. I can't pick up a gun. I can't take a, a handful of pills. Nobody's going to give it to me. Um, I did think about driving my wheelchair in front of a truck or a bus. There were, were those moments until so a very good friend called me out one day and she said, listen here. If you ever want to do that, you phone me. I'll come and fetch you. I'll leave you alone next to my swimming pool, and you can drown yourself if you want. But you are not going to go and destroy someone else's life. And when she said that to me, I thought, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't thought of the poor truck driver or the bus driver and how me trying to commit suicide in front of his bus or truck would affect him and his Mm. family and his life. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge wake-up call. Mm. And then I thought, well, okay, I am fucked. I cannot commit suicide on my own. So now it's... um, you know you might as well live with go girl,
1: and yeah. carry on, I know, and that's why I asked yeah. you about that acceptance piece because I don't know if you've um, heard of a, a, a lady called Kim McCusker. she was yes, I do you heard. remember that story also yes, but also I know published story well. but yeah, and so I asked her the same thing, What did you learn about acceptance and surrender, and uh, that's why I asked you that question because I think there's so much power in that, you know, um, and I don't think we give it enough credence.
0: But now I'm going to challenge that. I can't honestly tell you that I've accepted being paralyzed from the neck down. But what I have done is I've made peace with it enough in order to live with it and get on and live a full, meaningful life. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to accept it because even in my dreams, I'm running and jumping and diving and I'm active. Um, You know, I I still itch to go out for a run when I can't cope with with everyday life hassles. Um, Yeah, my active mindset is still there. I'm still an adrenaline junkie, active Tracy inside of this immobile, useless piece of flesh. Oh, my word.
1: (laughs) Way to describe. Great, great adjectives. (laughs) But they're yours and, and, uh, you know, you have to respect that. Um yeah I think I don't know I think that I wanted to actually get into with you around um how do you control your mind in that space because uh you know mindfulness is a big deal in my life meditation you know writing my my Harley Davidson um, and, uh, you know, just being alone and not thinking about anything. And when when you are, when you, as you say, you have all this time, but you can't do much with it. So you know what I mean? Like, logically, you would say, well, I can't really do much with that time. It can drive you literally insane. So what what have you learned about mindfulness and managing your mind in, in your context? Yes,
0: I've learned um, that every day, every day is a, a brand new day to make a conscious choice. That today I'm going to be positive. Today I'm going to be happy. Sometimes it doesn't last not 10 minutes because, you know, you open your eyes in the morning and you can't stretch. You can't jump out of bed. Can't get into the shower on your own. Um, can't get dressed on your own. Can't feed yourself. Can't do nothing. Can't even swap the damn fly flying around your head. So yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's war games, mind games, shall I say. And they are going to be there for the rest of my life. And I'm going to battle them for the rest of my life. So I've learned skills. Um, keeping busy. Um, Technology has obviously played a, a huge role. I have a smart speaker right next to my bed. So I can entertain myself with with that. I listen to podcasts. I listen to my audio books. Um, I listen to my music. Until I'm able to be up and ready and then in front of my laptop for the rest of the day where I'm Writing, doing social media, and obviously now I'm doing this marketing course, and yeah, going out doing my talks and writing articles and just keeping myself busy.
1: Mm. Keeping busy, busy, you know what I mean. But uh, but um, your book in a good way. In In a good good way, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people just keep them busy for the sake of keeping busy and actually just don't become of any value to any well to the world in, in the way that they could. Um, And uh, the story but do you want to comment on that?
0: I just wanted to say that um, because you feel that you don't have a sense of self-worth after something like this, Mm. because society has this achshem attitude, Mm. you know, and they want to put you into institutions and into homes and it almost feels like they want to hide you. Times are changing, obviously, with social media and, I mean, just that whole big ALS aspect challenge um, changed people's minds a lot about certain types of paralysis and so it's coming out more and more into the open Mm. but um, you do still feel that you don't want to be a burden and so every day I work towards trying to make a a positive difference to society in some way, whether it's trying to earn extra money, by running an Airbnb at home, doing my talks, teaching, counselling, um, all that sort of stuff. I'm um, writing articles and so the list goes on. Every day you just try and make a positive difference and then just connecting with people on a deep emotional level.
1: Is that why you wrote the book? Because you got a great story about how the book actually came to be.
0: Yeah, well I think this, the, the, the reason for the book started out with my son and then obviously I needed to do a lot of emotional healing. Um, writing is an incredible way to do that. Um, just being able to your thoughts on paper and it helps you just see, see them more objectively I would say and then um, yeah, obviously through my talks people wanting to to have the have something to take home with them and then just feel like making a difference for other people out there that might go, be going through challenges um,
1: you, you, know? s- you crowdfunded your book as well didn't you
0: I did and I've got the most amazing support system I mean that's one thing I need to say is that there's that old Um, African proverb that says it takes a village to to raise a child, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it takes an entire community of earth angels to enable a quadriplegic, paralyzed traumatic down to live a full, meaningful life. So, yeah, I'm so incredibly blessed. And, um, yeah, 20, almost 22 years later, they're still here for me, which says a lot. Hmm.
1: It says a lot about you as well.
0: Thank you for that. But I also think it says a lot about society and we automatically think that society aren't going to accept us. And um, oh, just quickly, but um, a year after my accident, I was divorced. So that didn't end well. And then I spent a decade on my own, believing that um, no one in the world would ever want to love anybody like me. And um yeah, it was quite a sad place to be. Yeah, I'm sure. And um, and then eventually, a long story short, um, I ended up on an online de- de- dating site, believe it or not. I mean, people were thinking, what was she thinking? I wasn't thinking. I was just thinking, I've got nothing left to lose. So, what I did was actually used it as a space to connect with men from all over the country, from the safety of behind my computer screen and... Most of them were interested in my wheelchair, my wheels, naturally. So that's how the com- uh, communication started, and then you get to they get to know me as a human being before actually seeing my physical circumstances. Although I have to say, I was one hundred percent honest. I said from the get go that I'm paralysed from the neck down. Put photographs in my wheelchair. Yeah, and then I ended up meeting an amazing man. Um, and our since got married. What? Again, Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. So that's. Um, Maverick, we need the bell up here, bro. Not to, not to give up on life, but not to give up on love. It's a, definitely a renewable resource. I think
1: that's such an incredible story. Again, like you know, you, you chose to put yourself out there. You chose not to give up. You chose to pursue. Life of meaning, despite your circumstances, and you had faith in the fact that you, you or hope probably more than faith, I would say, but uh, but certainly maybe a bit of yeah, both bit around. Of
0: I hoped. Yeah, you hoped. Obviously yeah. you hoped to meet someone, but um, I didn't believe I would. Wh- but I just thought, you know, I, I didn't really have anything to lose. Who is this man? And, um, he's
1: amazing. I love him. Oh, he's amazing.
0: What's his oh, well, name? I'm more Let's get him
1: on. Oh, you're <laughs> ma- of course, of course, you know, hashtag feminine, <laughs> hashtag <otherwise> me <laughs> too. Yeah.
0: Um, he is not here at the moment. He's at work. But oh. he, um, well, what actually happened was I used to be a marathon runner, or I used to run, and he was also a runner. And then I said to him that the one regret I had was I never ran the Comrades Marathon. And then he offered to run it for me on my behalf. This was before we'd even met face-to-face. This was all over, I think we'd had one Skype section, session, the rest was all by email. And I thought, oh, yeah, all right, this guy's going to do this for, for me. Anyway, he did. And I saw him cross the line with a big sign that said, for my friend, Tracy Todd. And then a month later, he flew from Port Elizabeth, where he lived, to Narspray to deliver the medal. And then he ran off with my heart. So, then we were in a long-distance relationship for six years, and he finally got a job in Narspreet and moved, and we got married, Wow! Um, coming up four years. What an amazing four story,
1: man. That's legit. Hey, no, Maverick, cool. I need that bell, bro. It doesn't sound the same. Um, and But that's incredible, Chasey. That's amazing, man. I love that. I love that story.
0: And he's an Iron Man. He's not even, you know, everyone assumes that I must now go and find a man that's also disabled, you know? But it's not that's not what connects people. What
1: does connect people? people? Automatically
0: assume that due to my paralysis I'm not able to connect with a man romantically. Well Mm -hmm. that's I can assure you that nothing's further than further from the truth.
1: But uh, but Tracy, how, so explain that to me, though. How, what is the secret in now, because you're coming at it at a completely different, interesting point of view or perspective. What, where, where does the connection come from now, in your view? What have you learned about human you know, connection? Well,
0: this is going to sound so cliche because we all know it already, but it is purely communication. You have to know how to communicate with one another verbally and, and non-verbally, actually. Um, you have to know how to communicate with each other. And I think social media and technology, we've always got our noses in our phones and in our laptops and our devices on screens. We don't actually talk. We don't talk to one another. Um, and communicating via via text and, and WhatsApp and whatever, whatever that, that doesn't do it. And it's all those little nuances, um, the look, you know, the smile, the talking about... Things obviously, um, they. I mean, I, I don't know how, how personal you want me to go. As
1: much as you want. But obviously,
0: um, yeah. Well, below, below my my breast down, there's very little to no movement sensation on the outside of my body, mm. but everything on the inside is still working one hundred percent. So you know, you you work with what you've got, and you you learn. Um, I mean, kissing is the most erotic thing that people don't even do anymore because you don't have time for it, you know. You just want to have a quick wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and then move on because you've got to rush off to the kids or rush off to, off to work. And, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's just so many little things, and I think I've got a, the most wonderful deep connection with, with my husband now than what I ever would have imagined having with a man before. So, yeah, yeah that's special.
1: What would you like to say to someone who is potentially um, – you know, battling to connect to connect with the world outside of them. So usually, what they would do is they would resort to drugs and alcohol, which is what I did for many years. Um, and now I don't. So I'm in recovery, um, thankfully. And um, and yeah. you you know, so c- when you can't connect with the world and to people around you, you, you become self-absorbed and self-obsessed, and you'll pursue and anything you to. There you go, and you'll find a, a vice to give you the illusion that you're connecting to the world outside of yourself and that you can, and that you can find meaning in that, right? So what would you like to say to someone who's listening to us right now, driving in their car, sobbing home because they just feel alone and isolated, etc.? What would you like to say to that person?
0: I think the greatest gift you can give yourself and to the world out there is just to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Show that vulnerability and, Because all of us feel vulnerable. All of us are vulnerable. Um, Social media has made us all out to be these amazing, competent, capable beings that are on top of everything in life, work, home, kids. and, And in reality, it's not like that. So I think allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow people in to your space. Show them around your world. Be selective about, of who you let in, because you will get those that will take advantage of you, and I've I've had them. Um, but you get them all over, so yeah, you 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 have to be be selective of who you let in. Um, share share your stories, your deepest thoughts, your emotions, um, and then you connect with people on a different level. Mm. Share your your failures. You know, Facebook's no longer Facebook; it's brag book. You very seldom see people put stuff on there that, um, you know, that shows their vulnerability and shows that they're having a cuck day. Mm. And we all have cuck days. Yeah. You know? And there's just something you said earlier that I want to go back and touch on because I think it's important. Um, I have what I call circumstantial, or I had what I call circumstantial depression. Something terrible happened in my life. Um, I went through a depression. I wanted to commit suicide. I wanted out. Thank God I didn't. But there are those people that are suffering with a mental health issues that are chemical imbalances balances that are really real, um, that are health issues. And um, there's lots of stigmas attached to that, and people are afraid to come out of that into the open. And um, my message to them is that um, seek the help that you need. Mm. Take the, the prescription meds that you need to, and your doctor's guidance. Go to your therapist, use your friends, use your family or lead on your family, um, but be selective. And and it's nothing to be ashamed of. The minute you beca- show that vulnerability and, and are vulnerable, it's amazing how many more people you connect with.
1: Hmm. Well, the other thing I wanted to say around, um, around being vulnerable and, and the, the strength you can find in community because like NA or AA are like equivalent programs to many others out there. And, you know, if you think about addiction, um, there's you know, people are alcohol and drugs. Well, no, there's about 20 other different kinds of, of addiction and that's being conservative. There are many, many others that people, that people are suffering with every day, you know. Um, and in the end, what, what it actually takes is the realization that you cannot do it on your own. And that your plan is not a plan at all because it's the plan that's fucking no. you up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And that was a um a lesson that I obviously had to learn out of necessity. I was always um I'm an A type personality, so I didn't trust anybody to do things as well as what I could do it. You know? Um I wasn't gonna let anyone in. and I always thought that my way was the only way. Until I became one hundred percent dependent on others to do absolutely everything for me. And I learned valuable lessons. I learned that there are many ways to kill a cat. Um, Please don't kill kill any cats, I'm an animal lover. And there are many ways to do something and get the the end result that you desire. Um, You have to learn to trust people. Even after people close to you have hurt you in the worst possible way. If you don't open yourself up to trusting again, You're gonna live in a vacuum and you're gonna live alone for the rest of your life and that's not a nice place to be. So you have to trust that there is good out there and trust that there are people out there that want to help. And I've learned that everybody wants to help. They actually just don't know how to. Sometimes you need to tell them how they can help you and what you need from them. Be specific. Some people need it in black and white. You need to shout it in their faces, do this, do that. Then they're happy to
1: do it. Mm. It's um but it's so a those are life
0: lessons that you can everybody can apply to every aspect of their life.
1: Yeah. The thing is people don't though. They don't want to be vulnerable, they don't want to ask for help, so they continue to live in denial and deal with the consequences of of actions that don't serve them. Um and for me it's it's a and funny end, that's
0: gonna bury them.
1: It is, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um and yeah, go ahead. You gonna say something?
0: I just want to say, in the end, that's going to bury them, and 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 it's it's, it's maybe it's a a step by step process, little bit by little bit, day by day, and um, for me in the beginning, moment by moment.
1: Well, the other thing, uh, well, I wanted to ask you actually, how instrumental has the community of other, you know, quadriplegics and other variants thereof, um, been in your re- in your own recovery? um what role have has that community played because obviously you say like at the time you didn't have social media now you do have social media and that's the beautiful thing for me anyway about today is that no matter what your struggle is there's someone else out there that's got the same thing as you and you all you need to do is seek them out to connect with them and say hey man like i'm going through this thing and you're going through the same thing how can we help each other you know yeah
0: you need to put up your hand and say you know rescue me i'm here I'm going through the same thing. So that is definitely the most wonderful thing. You are not alone. I have to say though that um, something like a spinal cord injury and I suppose many other issues, um, it's a very individual and unique um, journey. Um, You know, my circumstances, my economic circumstances, my social circumstances, my support or lack of support is completely different to the next person and to the next So. Each one is going through their own battles and challenges, but there's definitely a community of people that you can reach out to and you should do so. To just, even if you're not a participant, that's the beauty of social media. You can be the listener. You can go into these groups and you can just read the comments. And eventually one day you will find the strength, um, hopefully, and find the, the confidence to be a participant as well, where you can actually feel that you make a difference.
1: How have you changed spiritually?
0: Oh, it's been a bumpy road. Um, In the beginning, I was very angry at God. Um, I used to have conversations with my ceiling above my bed, the white ceiling, Um, loud ones, screaming ones, quiet ones. Um, I felt deserted by God. I I don't know. You know what? It's a, a... I think um because I was so disappointed, I was waiting for that miracle and it didn't happen. But then I realized that so many miracles have happened in my life. Little blessings, little things. I mean nature, flowers, the small things. The small things that my dog coming up to me and giving me a lick in my face. Um my son who's now about to turn um twenty-three. And yeah, just there's so many blessings that that, that that connect you emotionally and spiritually to others. So I'm, I don't have that anger anymore. My husband's a very staunch Anglican, and that's fine. You know, we we go to the Anglican church when he, especially when he's back in PE. That his community they've been amazing. He's been amazing. So we all, you know, it's a very, another unique individual journey for each of us. Do you, um,
1: do you think that as a, as, a, as, a, as a public and as a society that we've done enough for, you know, people with your disability?
0: Look, it's a constant fight for somebody like me to make your way through a world that's specifically designed for able-bodied people. Um, so, no, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a long way to go. I mean, buildings, there's still new buildings that are being built where they don't have ramps or, or I, you know, they, they prevent somebody like me who is highly capable of making a difference to actually even enter the workplace because I can't get into a building, for example, because of steps and ramps not being right and whatever. So, no, we've got a long way to go. Um but for me, I don't see that as a negative. Um, our country's got a long way to go in so many spheres, and um, I just think that that's where I can come and talk to people. If I see a, a, a shop, local shop that doesn't have an entrance, I talk to them. Nine times out of ten, they will make a plan and they'll change it. When you the next week, they phone you say, "Tracy, come and check our ramp." You know, it's just your yeah, people. Like I said, they want to help. They want to make a difference. They don't know how to. But
1: why do you think people don't want to ask you how to help? Why do you think that is? Is it because they 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 feel shame or, I think or fear? Is it fear? Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I think people are fearful of. Um, they almost could see themselves in me. If, like you said earlier, if you had to end up paralyzed from the neck down tomorrow, you don't think you'd be able to cope, because you it's the fear of not even being able to pick up that glass and have a sip of water or put your hair behind your ear or shoo the fly away, the fear of not being able to scratch your head or your nose when it itches, um, people don't want to face that. Um, They want to do good. I mean, if you think about it, we've got shelters for abandoned children and abandoned animals. But very few people are actually involved in them. There are only very few earth angels that have got the have maturity and the emotional capacity to face that horrible reality every day, to work with those people. But other people are willing to give their money. And so there's a space for everybody. As long as they're willing to donate their money to those causes, then the earth angels can take that money and do good with that money and make a difference.
1: So you mentioned you do a lot of um, public speaking now. What's your message to to people when you're giving Talks so like put yourself in a corporate room, you know, Absa than a bank. Corporate yards. room
0: it depends on what what the their brief is, but but the the main thing is to take nothing in life for granted. It can change in an instant. I mean, if you think about it, I I walked out of my home with my ten month old baby on my hip, dragging a suitcase full of beach clothes, and um, some months later, I was pushed through my front door in a wheelchair unable to move anything except my head. So yeah, and that can happen to anyone at any time. So yeah, will take nothing in life for granted. Um, be grateful, gratitude, big, big, big um, buzzword for a lot of people, um, but just living um, life, as you say, for today, um, tomorrow's not guaranteed. What? They feel all very cliche, but it's, but it's the reality. Um.
1: What practical ways do you or would you recommend that our listeners could, you know, cultivate an attitude of gratitude? Because I think it's something I, people, they lip service the thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm grateful for like my kids, you know, and you know, I've got a successful business and a, a podcast. I think and
0: language, uh, being a writer, has taught me a lot about words and I love words and writing. So mm. I've learned that language is very powerful and the words that we use and the way in which we use them. Um, can change our mindsets instantly. So instead of thinking, "You, I must go to work today," just say, "I get to go to work today." You know how lucky are you? You get to drive a car. You get to, um, go and buy yourself a new outfit, something like that. You know, I think uh, so. The way you you speak, um, is very powerful, um, and and the words that you use, and also just counting your blessings instead of adding up your troubles. It's very quick. It's easy for all of us to fall into that trap of saying, poor me, poor me. And I think a big lesson that I learned for myself is, you do go through that phase where you ask, why me, why me? And then one day I thought, why not me? What makes me different to anyone else? You know, -hmm. I don't deserve a better life than anybody else. And people are suffering all over the world in terrible ways. And, yeah, this is my my burden and my cross to carry, my dragon to ride. Everybody else has got their own dragon to ride in life.
1: What um, motivates you today?
0: Today, being on the Matt Brown Show. (laughs) Good
1: answer. (laughs) Chatting
0: to you and knowing that it's going to go out there and somebody's going to listen, somebody's going to hear this message, somebody that needs to hear this message. Um, encouraging you guys to carry on with the good work that you're doing um, gives me inspiration to carry on doing what I'm doing. And just this, I mean, to think that I was actually really nervous about meeting complete stranger this morning, and here we are, we've been chatting for an hour, and we feel like old friends because we shared some, some deep stuff, you know?
1: It is. It's um, the power of a microphone. It's incredible, and an internet line.
0: Absolutely. But, you know, everybody has that platform these days with social media which is not always a good thing because people put terrible stuff up but um you learn to sift through it all Mm. um you wade through the the good and the bad and take the good you know
1: for those of our, our listeners um who are potentially asking themselves the question why am i not doing more with my my life Well, how could I do more with my life? Why am I not making a bigger difference or anything in that kind of territory? What words of wisdom would you like to share?
0: I think people often feel overwhelmed because there is so much need in the world. I mean, everywhere you look, somebody's got their cap in their hand, wanting money, wanting um, something from you because everybody's suffering. So people tend to feel overwhelmed and they don't know how to go out and do good. So my attitude is make a difference to the people that are in your immediate circle first firstly I always say start with yourself because if you don't take care of yourself first you will be of no use to anybody else so you start with yourself and then you focus on your family your children your husband your wife your partner your lover your friends Um, people in your community, people that you come into contact with on a daily basis, make small differences. You don't have to go out there and make huge, big differences. It all has a ripple effect. I mean, it all, you know, pay it forward and it will keep going. I mean, we know those things. So don't be overwhelmed by, oh, I can't do, I can't save the world. We'd love to save the world. We can't, but you can help somebody just by being nice and by being kind.
1: If there, is there a book that you? I mean, obviously you have all this time, so you consume a lot of rad read content and uh, you read a lot of books and things like that. Is there a is there a book that you recommend everybody go to to you know either you know get in touch with themselves again as it relates to the idea of personal transformation or to overcome a struggle that they might be going through? Any is there a book that pops into your mind? Yeah,
0: Yo, I don't know actually. No, I can't think of one that just pops into my mind. Except Brave Lotus Flower Rides the Dragon, that is. That's a fantastic um, book. No, um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of one offhand because obviously at different stages, um, you, you read different material that means something to you at that particular time. So obviously when I was going through struggles with my son when he was being um, difficult as a teenager, then obviously you read material at that time that helps you through those stages. So I think it depends very much where you are in your life what speaks to you, but I think the important thing is to keep reading, to keep learning, to keep that mind, uh, busy is a horrible word, to keep that mind stimulated. Mm. Um, I don't like busy. We're all too busy being busy and um, that's not a good thing. So, yeah, we need to be stimulated. We need to be, uh, and challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to new ideas, um, new thoughts and new Creative uh, and creativity is a great way as well. So, I think that's how I'm doing this social media marketing course because it stimulates a creative side in me.
1: Amazing, and, uh, congrats on that. Come, we'll give you a, a remote working I'm job. Get
0: through it. Don't congratulate me, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only uh, week three, going yeah. gonna go another five weeks.
1: <laughs> Can I give you a book recommendation? Yes, please do. It's called Can't, Can't Hurt Me. By David Goggins, you'd love that book. Yes, yeah, you'd love um, that book. I'll
0: definitely look for it.
1: Um, it's uh, a yeah. yeah. He's a uh, he's not human. That guy, he's a uh, he's a beast. Swears a lot, but um, he's proper inspiring. Okay, he's real. He's real. Yeah, okay, he's, he went to Navy Seal um, Hell Hell Week three times. <laughs> it's like oh wow. He's just and then he's done ultra marathons and very very hectic and uh, sobering. Um, upbringing and uh, he should buy all and like you know his life is done and over and it's just a story really about how he's transformed himself so definitely check that out
0: i'll definitely check that out thank you for the recommendation
1: um tracy let's uh let's wrap this up why do you do what you do
0: why do i do what i do why do you do what you do um because it gives you a sense of self-worth it gives you a sense of um yeah, just making a small difference where you can, and just being able to not—I don't want to be a burden. I want to contribute. I want to contribute to society and the community. My community friends and family have been incredible. They've been amazing. Um, I don't want them to worry about me. I want them to be proud of me, and that's—that's that's probably why I do it.
1: Well. I'm proud of you, and I've only just met you, so I can only imagine how, uh, how they feel.
0: I'm proud of you too. And I also just don't want people to know it, never to give up. Just don't give up. Follow your dreams. Oh, and that's the other one. One last thing. Um, the human spirit has the most amazing ability to fight for survival, number one, and to adapt to change. You know, we don't like change. We like routines. We like things to be the same. But actually, we have, have the most remarkable, remarkable ability to adapt to change.
1: We do. And we underestimate that yeah. massively.
0: We do. We do. Yeah. yeah.
1: So adapt harder, people. Thank you so much, That's Tracy. Awesome.
0: <laughs> it's my pleasure, man. It's
1: been a real privilege and an honor to chat to you. Yeah, 100%. Okay, guys, uh, we'll post up the show notes on maproundshow.com. And um, yeah, uh, please share this message and uh, do more. You're not alone. <laughs> thanks for listening to the map show guys don't forget you can catch me on all social media platforms for the latest updates news and a show history so if you've been catching this on the podcast please head on over to our youtube channel and pound that subscribe button it would be great to catch the video version there and if you want a free copy of my number one amazon best-selling book you're in a game for free right now today you can grab that on mathbrownshowcom forward slash ebook